This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good How morning, are you? Good morning, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for asking. Joining us in studio this morning, Mr. Lou Franceschetti, uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf. How are you this morning, Lou? Wally, I'm great. <laughs> I'm almost hesitant to ask that question because I'm, I'm a little bit concerned of the answer I'm going to get. So I'm happy to hear that you're great, Lou. And uh, just to give our listeners a little roadmap for the show, uh, keep your fingers next to your phone. We've got two great Rogers Cup packages uh, sponsored by Pizzaville. Uh, we'll be giving those away sometime during the show. We'll be announcing the numbers uh, Packages, of course, the men are in town this week at the at the York Tennis Center, and the packages are for the Wednesday evening sessions. It's a admission for two, parking, and a twenty five dollar gift coupon or card from our good friends at Pizzaville. So we're going to be thrilled to give that away. Shortly after the first break, our buddy from Boston's on today, the godfather of sports radio, Eddie Andelman. Uh, he's, uh, he's excited. The Red Sox are, uh, are uh, shall we say, kicking ass in the American League East right now. And, Lou, we're going to chat with you because you're a big Yankees booster. And, Naz, uh, last week we had an opportunity to talk some CFL on the show with Mike Hogan. And, uh, and uh, we brought the Argos, I think, some good luck this week. Yeah, big comeback on Thursday big, big, night. It was an Exciting game, and the big story in the uh, in the uh, CFL this week, of course, was uh, Johnny Menzel. Uh, Menzel, the uh, former Heisman Trophy winner from uh, Texas A&M, uh, debuted with the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, so we're going to talk to Mike Hogan, uh, the voice of the Toronto Argonauts, uh, shortly after the second break about that. So that's uh, some of the topics in mind, and uh, why don't we get right into it, guys? Naz, you and I. Uh, had chatted, uh, had had uh, tried to chat about the Blue Jays in in the last couple of weeks. Didn't get the opportunity. So why don't we get off the hop with the Blue Jays and baseball? Uh, Blue Jays, uh, and I'm sure you've got your uh, two cents worth in on this one as well, Lou. Not the season we would have expected. Um, Naz, you've been floating the Gibbons, uh, maybe uh, well, maybe a swan song. Out, yeah, there's something that came out uh, during the week that he wouldn't be there much longer, and the source is pretty good. I don't see any point of uh, of relieving uh, uh, Gibbons of his duties at this particular point in time. Maybe at the end of the season, you you want to have a look at that. But uh, we haven't talked about the Blue Jays or baseball that much in the last month. So why don't we uh, why don't we see if we can catch up a little bit on that one, Naz? What uh, uh, what happened this year, Naz? Uh, what happened to the Jays? Uh, you had I think you had picked them for a wild card. They're not headed there. They've got rid of some talent. Um, 
and uh, they're obviously going nowhere this year. But uh, what's going on with the well, Jays? Well, there's going to be decisions made because Tulowitzki is back, could be back next year. Donaldson could be back. So they still have to make some moves with veterans. But I think they should go young and uh, start now, and they're, they're doing that. Uh, Lou, Yankees, we're going to be talking to Eddie Andelman about the uh, Sox and Yankees series this weekend. Uh Yankees, I uh, have lost uh, three in a row to the Sox. They're like seven. Lost? Get their asses kicked. <laughs> okay, even better. Um, and uh, the uh, I don't know what the exact number is seven and a half, eight and a half out. But uh, you know anything can happen in baseball. You've uh, you're of the opinion that you the Yankees are still the best team talent wise. Uh, so what's going on Yankee wise? Uh, uh, you know what they've just run into the best team this year. Uh, the Boston Red Sox are the best team. They're they're playing sound, fundamental. They're getting all kinds of pitching. Um, I never thought my that J. Mar- J. D. Martinez was the player that he was. He's unbelievable. Perfect park for him. M- 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 Mookie park. Betts has been playing unbelievable. Uh, they are getting their hits at at the right time. They picked up a great uh, acquisition in Steve Pierce uh, for that uh, monster uh, in left field. So right now, I think they're 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 fighting in all cylinders. Uh, the Yankees right now were just not ready. They are they are too soft in my views. They they are, I think they've read too many clippings, um, and this started about two three weeks ago. They've I think Aaron Boone has got to more or less put the hammer down and, and get these guys back on track, uh, and they they've got to stop living off that long ball. Do the, they, uh, the Stanton hasn't been as good as he should be, Louis. But, but I, it, it, he seems the, the, the problem is here now is okay with everybody. Okay, they look at stats. If if, if Stanton comes in, hits forty home runs, and knocks in one hundred twenty runs, that's all they want because they're going to get that from Judge. They're supposed to get that from uh, the, the the lazy. Uh, I hate to use the word bastard at uh, Ooh, be careful, be careful. Uh, catcher Sanchez, who's got all the tools in the world, but he's lazy. Okay, Girardi got on his case last year and he cried. Okay, he went into a little bit of a doldrum. This year, the same thing is happening. He forgets to hustle a, 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 a what is it, a wild pitch down the third baseline. Guy scores from second. Okay, Torres is as good as the year as he's having. He forgets to cover on, on a double play ball. Aaron Hicks the other night forgets to hit a run out of, uh, um, after he hits, he forgets to run out to first base. Even with Sanchez, decides to take his time where he could have beat the throw. On a on a double play ball, and the bases were loaded the other night against Baltimore, and they lose the game. How much of a difference does the manager make, Lou? A lot. Uh, G- Girardi, you know. Um, you know what? I'm your, not sure your, about your uh, your assessment of whether whether uh, letting Girardi go was a good move or not. I, I'm not sure if it was a good move. I think it was his time, just like it was Casey's time. Yeah, with the Raptors, you had to bring in a different voice. You had to bring. But I'm not sure Aaron Boone is the right person because he's never been there before. Sure, he's been there as a player, and he's got the great generational genes for for that. But I just don't think he is the right man for for that Yankee job. It's, a, it's a tough job. I mean, it, it is, it's like it's, it's like being the coach of the Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of facets to that job. Especially the expectations right? they had out for last year. Yeah. You know, now Severino's hitting a wall. Yeah. It was you just, know, he he was great up until uh, just before the All Star break. Now he's had and four. Good old Sonny there has really hit the yeah. wall. And then they make the trade for, but they went out and and, and did that. And it's great. Sonny Gray is not pitching well in Yankee yeah. Stadium. I, I, don't, don't, I, remember, said, no, I, I said this Rogers. at the time when they dealt with him. 
Dell for him that don't ever uh, estimate a guy coming out of uh, overestimate or underestimate a guy coming out of the Oakland ballpark because the Oakland ball, ballpark yeah, is spacious pitchers yeah. and yeah. Yankees is not. You're right. But again, you have to have the right temperament exactly. to pitch at, Yan- exactly. at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he had two previous great outings on the road. Then if, if Boone sees this, keep him away from pitching against the Yankee Stadium. Anyway, so I want to take the discussion back to the uh, to the Jays, uh, but uh, Lou, don't be surprised because the Yankees went on a bit of a, you know, they they sort of surprised people last year at the end of the season and into the playoffs, and they got they got pretty close to uh, to, to moving past uh, the eventual. Uh, the hey, eventual you're, you're only road. as good as your last game, yeah. Wally. And, yeah, and, and, uh, you know what? You, the, you look who they're battling. The, Oakland right now has got the best record since Jan, uh, since June, thir- thirty-one and ten, I think. Okay, what happens if they meet? Uh, Seattle in a one game with Paxton, so you're going to win a hundred games and you're going to go in the Seattle first round. Looks, see, even Seattle though the Jays, even, yeah, even though the Jays Seattle, right now have gone and taken down. the first three, yeah, you know, Oakland's a team that you got to look out for. Oakland, I agree with. All right, and they don't have the pitching Houston has, so you're going to go, you're going to go Houston, you're going to go Seattle first uh, wild card game, then you're going to go against Houston, who you got Verlander, McCullers, Cole, uh, and. Uh, Kukul, they, they don't have the, p- the pitching to match that. And yeah. I really thought that they should have, if you look back at the series last year, if it wasn't for a couple of mental gaffes, the Yankees would have beaten yeah. Houston. Yeah, that's right. Okay? That's right. But it's all between the ears with these guys. It's not physical abilities. That's, a, that's sports, isn't it? Naz. No, it's baseball. It's baseball. Okay. Naz, Blue Jays. Uh, obviously, this season's a write-off. Um, uh they, in uh, according to this uh, publication, Major League Pipeline, they are forecasting the Jays to have the fifth best uh, prospects the, of the to- of the top 100 prospects in the league. Uh, the J- the Jays actually they rank fifth. They have the number one prospect in all of Major League Baseball. Of course, we're talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette's, uh, uh, the Bichette kids, number uh, number nine, and they've got a whole bunch of bunch of them. A couple of them which they just picked up in some of these recent moves. Nabigio too. Yeah, and so uh, are things looking bright for the for the Jays? Uh, I know that you're you're saying I think 2000. Watch out for the Jays in 2020. I think that's your uh, yeah, your recent. Mantra. Yeah. So tell us, tell us why we uh, we have reason to be optimistic in the Jays' future. Well, if you look at uh, the Houston Astros, they're a pretty young team right now, right? And they've got a couple of veterans, a big time in Verlander, right? But uh, if you look at those teams and all the teams, they're getting younger, and that's the way to go is to get younger. Similar to the NHL, they're, they've gone younger, and I see baseball that way. So they got to somehow put these guys in there in the next year or two, for sure. Especially the three guys. Guerrero's going to start uh, in Buffalo next year, and then I think late April he's able to uh, go on because of the uh, the fact that uh, the Jays, uh, the league has that rule that it goes year by year. Yeah, you don't, don't want you don't want yeah. to bring him up in September because I I think it makes him eligible for arbitration a year earlier. Year, is year that earlier. right, Luke? That's correct. Yes, it is. And uh, now as I'll get in on that conversation, the Jays have done. They have not had one positional player come through their That's system. True. Uh, That's true. And, and I don't know in the last 10 or 15 years. And we remember when they talked about the big pitching five that they had. <coughs> Syndergaard's gone. Uh, Chicolino, I don't know where he is. Um, Castro's a, a relief pitcher with um, with Baltimore right now. 
the other two pitchers are, are in Detroit. I don't know where they are. So really, I think Guerrero right now is the is the star is the stud. Yeah. Everybody else after that, other teams have other players in the made in the minor leagues that are going to match uh, what Toronto has. I've looked at the minor league. I've looked at the top thirty prospects in mostly all the teams. I I would say right now San Diego and the Chicago White Sox have probably the top. They're two, saying Atlanta is still pretty yeah. pretty good. And, and you know you bring up Houston. Houston ended up with a hundred losses for about four or five years yeah, in yeah, a row. Exactly. So how do you draft a Korea, uh, Korea and, and players like that and not be good? You look at Cleveland. Cleveland drafted all those kids. You look at Kansas City. They had all those draft picks in the first top five to. Uh, to make it to where they are right now. So really, you really have to have a couple of really bad years to end up in the top five to ten uh, on a regular basis or at least in a three- or four-year basis to, to have these kids develop. But they say the future is bright for, for the Blue Jays. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, they, they, they're going to have to get rid of smoke because there's no way Guerrero's going to end up playing full-time at third base. Especially oh, why not? Well, Donaldson, they're gonna. They're gonna <laughs> they got forty million dollars tied up in uh, in in dead wood because the kid is going to be a first baseman. He's not going to last the third base. Well, what, what's wrong with DH? DH too, but Morales is there also. They have twelve million dollars. <laughs> Mor- Morales look, is look, not going to be there. You're talking two thousand twenty. Louis, look for next year. Morales is got being paid twelve million. Donaldson, they have to qualify for the draft pick. Tulowitzki, we don't know where he is. Russell Martin still has another year left in his contract. So where do they go next year? I'm not. You're talking 2020. I'm not talking about next year. No, I'm talking okay. 2019. Well, you just said 2020 is going to be their year. Yeah, but they can't leave these guys in the minors. Why not? You, they just. No, what's wrong with another year of seasoning? Two, next year is 2019. What's, what's, what's wrong with Bouchard for another what's year? What's Guerrero going to bat? Five fifty-five. Has he done it yet? Well, he's close Ooh, to. Has four he done it in Triple A level? Lou, Lou, to be fair, I mean, there comes a point in time where if the, you know, if he's ready, he's ready. It's not. A, it's not an issue of whether you want to keep him in the minors for another year. I mean, if the guy's ready, if the kid's ready to play Major League Baseball, which everybody suggests that he is. He's going to be playing for the Blue Jays. Next You're absolutely year. right. He's going to be playing for the Blue Jays, but he's going to be playing third base because they're going to try to move Donaldson's twenty-three well, the million manager, dollars. Whoever the manager is at that point in time is going to figure it out. Right? Well, yeah, manager I mean, or, or more or less the GM, because it's, that's right now the there's shots. no deal for Donaldson, and they have to qualify him. So next year, why do they have to qualify somewhere? him? Because they lose a draft pick. They so they the lose a draft pick. What happens if he says no and he goes he, somewhere he else? He has no choice. They, Anyways, guys. They, guys yeah, as soon as I, they so make him the offer, they I get, get a draft, draft pick. But so the draft pick's not going to be ready unless, for four years. Unless another team signs Donaldson. That's different. You think Donaldson is going to agree to the qualifying hey, offer? Lou, There's no uh, choice. Uh, guys, I'm sorry I got to interrupt. But it's a heated discussion, and I'm, th- I'm, I'm loving listening to your passion, guys. But we've got to go to break. And when we come back from the break, we'll be talking to the Godfather Sports Radio, Eddie Andelman. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I realised there comes a time when one must ask the question, Who am I? Sure, I'm known for my suave, silky voice, my leading man good looks, especially now that the rash on my forehead has cleared up. But who are my ancestors? The people who made me, me. I had my DNA tested, and as it turns out, I'm 73% Italian. No wonder I had chest hair in grade two. It all makes sense now. The first words I spoke were with my hands. That's why I love Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. It's as Italian as the country I'm from. I've decided to visit the old country and explore my Italian roots. You can come too. Now, 
Where did I put my tight pants? Stay tuned for my Italian trip home. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character. It reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto, and on the internet, live streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, the godfather of sports radio, the legendary Eddie Andelman. Good morning, Eddie. How are you? Good, fellas. How you doing? We're doing great. Just so you know, Eddie, uh, I've got Naz and my co-host in the studio with us with me this morning, and former Washington Capitol and Toronto Maple Leaf is uh, sitting in with us this morning, Lou Franceschetti. Going to get right into it, Eddie. You, I don't know how thrilled you are, but uh, the Red Sox are laying a beating on the Yankees right now, so uh, tell us how that's going over down in, uh, down in Boston. Well, nothing could make me happier in this world. Um, and the fact is that uh, it should be this way only because the Red Sox have a payroll 15 million higher than the Yankees, uh, and the average uh, salary for the Red Sox makes them multimillionaires right, you know, right away. <laughs> so uh, I'm not surprised that this has happened. The question is, what happens uh, when the playoffs start? That's that's what really happens. So then we're going to ask you the question, Eddie. Last time we chatted, uh, the, the Sox had gotten off to a quick start. Um, and uh, this, their early season schedule wasn't the toughest at the time, and uh, I mean the the thought at that time was uh, let's uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, but now we're into August, and uh, you know the Red Sox are looking like they're headed for you know 100 uh, to 110 wins, if not more, and uh, certain things have panned out. So tell us, tell us. Uh, Tell us why the Sox have uh, have done so well and uh, what you might possibly be concerned about come playoff time. Well, this is the first Red Sox team in my memory 
that had athletes. And what I'm talking about is players can hit, run, and field uh, and don't make mental mistakes. Uh, and, you know, in Mookie Betts, they have – he's not quite Mike Trout yet, but he's damn close. Um, and he will be, you know, the superstar of the Red Sox for the future. Um, but they, they have some pitching, uh, which is uh, unusual for the Red Sox. They have a strong bullpen, uh, and they really have some team speed that they never had before. I mean, Red Sox always signed, you know, players who could hit the left field wall, and they were slow. Um, but th- this team is a little different. It's comprised different. And I only hope they can hold on to all the young players because the way baseball is going now, uh, you know, if you in all sports, you become a free agent. That uh, once you say I'm a free agent, in nine out of ten cases, they're going to get a huge raise. I don't see how the Red Sox payroll can go any higher than it is, uh, because ticket prices will have to start like seventy-five dollars in the bleachers. <laughs> I've got a couple of questions for you. Did you guys ever think J.D. Martinez was going to? do what he's doing, and where's this payroll going to go with Mookie Betts uh, coming a free agent? And I think uh, Martinez is going to uh, open his contract. I think he's got an opening after two years uh, in his contract, and he's making 25 mil right now. Where do you think their payroll is going to go? Uh, and obviously, what what is uh, what is the status on Pedroia uh, uh, I, right now? I think Pedroia is through. If, if you look at the way um, he swings the bat, um, you know, it's almost unnatural uh, the way he swings, and he swings with such velocity from his toes to his head. Um, you know, his body's breaking down. He's 34 years old. He's been a great addition to the Red Sox, but he knew what he was doing because three years ago he signed a 10-year deal. <laughs> so the Red Sox are going to have him on the hook. Uh, for uh, The Red Sox have more dead money, incidentally, than any team in the history of baseball. That's players that cannot play for them anymore. What, what's Sandoval not, making? It's what? What's Sandoval making uh, on, on the Red Sox, even though he's playing for San Francisco? Just $90 million. <laughs> Only $90 million. <laughs> Eddie, we're talking to the godfather of sports radio, the legendary Eddie Andelman. Eddie, uh, you know, it's we're into August now, so there's another uh, another sport that's just around the corner, and of course, every chance we get an opportunity to chat with you, we've got to we've got to have you update us on the on the Pats, the Patriots, Brady, Belichick. Um, uh, they seem to have some gaping holes at wide receiver right now, Eddie. Um, where where do you? I mean, the Pats have always had the advantage of playing in the AFC East. So that's always good for about four or five easy wins a year. But uh, uh, I, I may not be as confident about uh, looking at the season for the Patriots this year as I normally am for the Patriots. What's your sense, Eddie? Well, you know, they, they could be uh, 14 and 2, and they could be 8 and 8. I, I just don't I have a feel for them. I don't know how deep this rift has been uh, between uh, Brady uh, and uh, the Belichick, and between Belichick and Kraft. It's very hard to figure this out. But when they made one of, I mean, we talk about uh, selling Babe Ruth to the Yankees as the worst deal ever. Um, trading Jimmy Grappolo for a second-round pick might turn out to be just as bad. Um, you know, he's 5 for 5 in San Francisco. Brady is uh, 41 years old as of yesterday. Um, I don't know how long this all can continue. It's been a wonderful streak. And, you know, when you consider 
how long this has been um, and how tough that league is and how many teams there are. It's really been an extraordinary performance. But all good things must come to an end. Every civilization except Canada, of course, at some point will drop off the map. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't have a strong feeling either way. I know one thing. They do have uh, the Sisters of the Poor in that division. So you're right, except it's not four or five games. It's either five or six wins. Eddie, could this be Bill Belichick's final year in New England? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, the rift is, is big. Um, and, um, you know, Pastel's left because he wanted to shop for all the, the groceries. Uh, <laughs> and, and what happened was, of course, uh, um, the Belichick's idea was to get rid of Grappolo. And I, I thought that was really dumb because I, I have seen him in practice and I've seen him start games. And there's no question in my mind he's going to be one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the league. Um, and I, I just don't understand what they did, uh, why they did it. Uh, we're talking to Eddie Andelman. Eddie, I know that you're excited uh, uh, about the Boston Celtics. Uh, I think you're, yes. pick, yeah, I think you're picking them to go to an NBA title, if not this year, and certainly in the very near future. We're also excited about the Toronto Raptors. Uh, uh, certainly, an interesting move that caught us completely by surprise in, in the Toronto area. I'm not so sure how it went down uh, down in uh, your neck of the woods, but uh, we we shipped DeMar Rosen out of town. We brought in Kawhi Leonard. Uh, what's uh, what's your assessment of that move by the Raptors, Eddie? Well, you know, you're going to have to wait and see how it works out. Um, you traded a, a player who was the key to your team for a player who might be, you know, have more talent, but whether he'll fit in or not, it's a whole different question. I don't know what to expect from Toronto. I can tell you they're not as good as the Celtics, and I don't think they're as good as Philadelphia. But that's just one man's opinion. You know, you, you, all these predictions uh, don't mean a damn thing. Um, but I am off to Las Vegas shortly, and I'll be betting the futures. <laughs> I'm, I'm setting up right now um, all the over-unders. And the only thing I, I can tell you that I really believe is I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be a contender this year. Oh, interesting. Um, on, 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 on that note, Eddie, yeah, when you say the Cowboys are going to be the contenders, and I know the uh, you've got the Patriots uh, up in your rank uh, and your over-unders, who are the other big, uh, big teams in the NFL we should keep an eye out for this year? Well, uh, nobody in the uh, AFC East, I can tell you that, and I don't believe anybody in the AFC West. So uh, I think Pittsburgh is going to be very good. And other than that, I don't have really many opinions. Of course, the big back uh, New York football giants, I hope they're 0-16 as usual. Uh, what a bunch of chokers. <laughs> movie stars. You know, they're all movie stars. Uh, Eddie, uh, I, w- I want to turn the conversation around because you know we're talking about uh, over-unders and Vegas and whatever and... Uh, uh, I know that you're you're really uh, aside from the fact that you love Toronto as a city, it's one of your favorite cities. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to interrupt you and tell you. I, I tell people all the time, Toronto is one of the three best cities in the world, uh, and I've gone there many many times. But to, because of the dollar, it's even more extraordinary right now. And, I, and you have the world's best restaurants, the nicest people. Uh, you should really be proud of Toronto. It's a clean city. 
uh, and the theater is, you know, not quite Broadway, but damn close. So I always tell everybody, you know, it's a great deal to go visit Toronto. And um, my wife, I'm sitting right now in my bed, and my wife got these sheets from Toronto. Great shopping up there. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know you had uh, you had had some potential plans to come into Toronto this year that didn't pan out. We would have loved to have had you, Eddie, in Toronto. And uh, one last uh, one last area conversation. I know that you're really, really uh, high on the uh, on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you might even uh, consider them a Stanley Cup contender or Stanley Cup finalist for sure. So give us your assessment of uh, of our beloved blue and white and uh, your assessment of John Tavares coming to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, uh, you know how much I know about hockey. You, can fit <laughs> you know a lot about hockey, uh, Eddie. You just don't want to let on. Uh, right. But, but, but I, if there is one city... In the United States or Canada, that deserves to have a winner, it would be Toronto. I mean, for all these years, I don't know how many years it's been since Tita Kennedy played. <laughs> it's since 1955, I think, yeah. uh, Eddie. Yeah, but I, I have to tell you, they really deserve it, and I'd love to see them win it. Um, I mean, here, look at Las Vegas. I mean, they come into the league in one year, they sell out every game, uh, they almost win uh, it all. And there's no tradition there whatsoever. And you can't get a ticket. You can't get a ticket in Toronto, uh, and they win nothing. So that's why I think they're deserving. And I'd love to see it. And you can have a big parade and all that nonsense that goes with it. Uh, I'd like to see them um, do well. But uh, in uh, what's the name of your football team? The, uh, the Argonauts. Yeah. Now, how do they do? There's only like two teams in the whole league. They play each other 18 times, don't they? <laughs> Eddie, you're being provocative, my friend. No, the Argos had a big, they had a big victory this week, and uh, they won the Grey Cup last year. There's actually nine teams in the CFL, and uh, I don't know if you're uh, keeping a, an eye on the wire, but uh, Johnny Menziel had a his debut his debut performance with the Montreal Alouettes Friday night, and it didn't go very well, Eddie. So, uh, yeah. well, you know, he's wasting a whole career and life. It's too bad because he's obviously talented. But, you know, some guys are thankful that they're professional athletes, and some don't, you know, they take it as a joke. They get the original pile of money to sign, and they go off the, um, off the world. And I, I feel bad for him because one of these years he'll wake up and say, what did I do to my life? Well, maybe this is, you know, Eddie, uh, you're, you've been around. You remember the old saying from, uh, from Howard Cosell, uh, we think Manziel's a reclamation project. So uh, maybe he's turned it around. Uh, time will tell. Listen, Eddie, we've got to let you go. It's always a pleasure. You know how much we love having you on the show, and uh, you know how much I love catching up with you. I hope to see you soon, and uh, based on our recent conversations, I'm sure I wish you the best of health. Are you coming down over Florida this year? I'll be down there, my friend. At some point in time, we'll hook up again. But we'll, right. we'll certainly chat on the air as the Patriots season progresses. Keep well, my friend. Thanks very much. Always a pleasure. Eddie Andelman, uh, uh, certainly uh, always great with the quips. Naz, any, uh, before we go to break, any, uh, any follow-up on anything that Eddie said? No, he's pretty right on. He's pretty right on. Yeah, he's still, uh, he's still, uh, he's still pretty sharp. Uh, Lou? Uh, you know what? I was shocked at how humble he was about that <laughs> at the Red Sox. <laughs> Thinking that I was expecting, oh yeah, that nobody's going to touch the Red Sox. But I guess past history has uh, has gotten uh, has gotten to him, and he realizes that you know it's an 162 game schedule, 
And once that's over, you put put it aside, and the playoffs are a completely different story. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I tell people, like, we, we call them the godfather of sports radio, and the, the history behind Eddie Andelman, maybe a lot of our listeners don't know. Uh, he, uh, you know, he was a huge, huge sports talk radio show host in, in Boston uh, in the early 1970s and was on the air for over 35, 40 years. I mean, he was the guy. Uh, for sports talk radio in 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 the 1970s, he just he sort of almost invented the whole genre, and his 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 sports talk show in the early in the, in the 70s was called the Sports Huddle. It was out of Boston. They used to, I mean, they, they were call-in shows. He had a call-in show. They used to do 100,000 call-ins, not not on the air, but 100,000 people would call in at one time. He was that popular. And, uh, I mean, they would burn up the phone lines. They would, they would exceed the capacity of the switching mechanisms to handle the volume of the calls. And uh, he was he was exceedingly popular. And, I've, you know, I've had the privilege of breaking bread with him a few times down in Florida. I mean, there isn't one major sports personality uh, of the last 50 years that he didn't interview. I mean, he, he interviewed them all. You're talking Ted Williams, you're talking Bobby Orr, you're talking Bob Cousy, Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali. I mean, he I mean he just, he has Bruno more stories. Bruno San Martino. He's got more stories than you can possibly imagine. And when, and when you make the comment, you know, he knows his stuff, man. I mean, he knows his stuff because he's seen it all. Um, anyways, we've got to go to break. It's always a thrill talking to Eddie, and we'll be right back after the break with the voice of the Toronto Argonauts, Mike Hogan. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced their loyalty program, but some listeners thought I was saying royalty program. <coughs> to be clear, Pizzaville cannot get you into the royal family. Stop that. However... After your sixth online order, you'll get a large pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. And that'll make you feel like a king or queen. Oh, boy. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. 
There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And joining us this morning, Lou Franceschetti. It's that time, if your finger's next to the uh, telephone, we're giving away two Rogers Cup tennis packages for this week at the Rogers Center. Uh, not the Rogers Center. It's the Rogers Cup, but it's at the York University Tennis Center. Uh, the packages are for Wednesday evening. It starts at 5 o'clock. It's two admission tickets, great seats, uh, parking uh, voucher, and also a $25 gift card from our good friends at Pizzaville, who are one of the sponsors of the Rogers Cup and, of course, a proud sponsor of the Nazawali Sports Hour. Uh, those numbers, call in. We'll be giving away two packages to the first two callers. If you won the packages last week, uh, please give somebody else the opportunity of winning them. Uh, the numbers are as follows, 416-360-0740, 740 Great packages for the Rogers Cup tennis. I'll give those, and the men are in town this week. 416 416- Three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero four seven four seven four zero. Lines are on fire. If you're holding, just hold on. Our operator will get to you. And if you're lucky enough to be one of the first two that our operator picks up the call, you will win one of those packages. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nazawali Sports Hour the voice of the Toronto Argonauts, Mike Hogan, affectionately known as Hoagie. Good morning, Hoagie. How are you? Glad to be back. I guess I passed the audition. <laughs> Listen, we didn't think we'd have you back so quickly, but a lot happened in the CFL this week, so uh, uh, we thought we'd take the opportunity. I just want to uh, let you know that your performance on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour last week, uh, as far as I can tell, Naz and Wally brought good luck to the Toronto Argonauts. It was a phenomenal game the other night, and I took the opportunity of watching it uh, on TV, and uh, man, that was an exciting second half. Uh, your reaction? Did you stick around for the end? Because a lot of people didn't. No, I was there. <laughs> I saw. Honest. I saw the last second and a half. I watched the entire. I watched the entire game, my friend. Yeah, I think a lot of people did kind of turn it off midway through the third quarter. It was thirty-eight to fourteen for Ottawa, and you know the Argos weren't showing a whole lot of signs of life. And then a guy in his first CFL start, McLeod Bethel Thompson, who's kicked around the NFL for a long time and you know just kept going from team to team to team as a backup finally gets a chance to start a game and then in the second half just lights it up and uh, you know brought them back from the dead and you know 38 to 14 down and they end up winning it on the last play of the game there's a saying about in the Canadian football league that no lead is safe because of the nature of the timing and the nature of the sport and that was proven again on Thursday night um, offensively, they looked great in the second half. What happened in the first half? They didn't seem to be moving it at all. What was what was the difference? I think the the, 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 the difference now was the fact that the quarterback started to get a little more comfortable. Um, you know, this was his first start in a long time. Um, and, you know, it's one thing to know the playbook inside and out, which he does because he's been here for a year and a half now. It's one thing to trust in your physical ability, which he does because he's got one of the strongest arms we've seen in this town in a long time. But there's another thing of going in and actually doing it. And, you know, maybe Louie can relate to this. If, uh, and hi, Lou. Um, if, hi, Hoagie. If you've, you've been out of the lineup for a while and you get back in, it takes a while to get your legs back. And I think that's what happened here with McLeod Bethel-Thompson, where 
he was just seeing things at a little higher speed than he had seen in practice or even exhibition games. And uh, once he got his feet planted, he was fine. He just looked like he'd been playing this game for, you know, 10 years. How much, uh, in a game of this type, I mean, uh, I watched the first half, and I'll be quite frank with you, uh, Mike, I was I was really tempted to uh, turn the TV off, and I sort mm-hmm. of probably nodded off a bit uh, in the third quarter, probably was surfing my iPad a little bit and watching with one eye. until the Argos got back in the game. But, you know, when they went into the break, I said, you know, I I can't even imagine, because they were brutal. I mean, let's be honest, they were brutal in the first half. Yep. Uh, And I said, what's Tressman going to say to them? And obviously he said something that worked. uh, And, and, you know, when you win a game like that, you give the quarterback credit, no question. But, you know, Mark Tressman... Uh, I mean, you've got to give him all the credit in the world. How you're able to take a moribund team that was really accomplishing nothing in the first half and turned it into the game that it became. I mean, you've got to look at, got to look at Mark Tressman. You've got to give a lot of credit there. Uh, Mark Tressman uh, works on the principle of three words, trust the process. And, you know, he's a guy that I'm sure went in and the coaching staff would have gotten together uh, during the break for as long as they could possibly, you know, milk the clock. And it was a little bit of an advantage for the Argos because there was a halftime show on Thursday nights uh, for TSN. They're doing a concert series at halftime. And there was so there was an extended halftime by a couple of minutes. So it gave them a couple of extra minutes, which can be valuable for a team doing a, a quick assessment at halftime. And I'm sure that Tressman and his coaching staff offensively especially came out and said, okay, what was working? What, what was McLeod able to do? And let's let's kind of focus on that stuff. And calm, you know, calm him down a little bit. Maybe just a couple of words of encouragement. But you know, it's 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 not like you know, coaches go in and for the most part go in and you know tear the paint off the walls. If a team goes out and 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 you know lays a stinker in the first half, they're trying to make adjustments and find out how they can get back in the football game. And they did. And you know, that's that's Mark Tressman who just lives by that principle. You know, I'm sure he went in and said we made a lot of correctable mistakes. They had four turnovers in the first half. They had none in the second half. And uh, I'm sure it was just keep doing what we're coaching, just execute the game plan, and we should be okay. And I'm sure he just that's that's the way that he would have approached it at halftime because that's his ammo. Mike, before we get to Johnny Menzel, I got to talk to you about Calgary. They they look like they have a shot of going undefeated. They're that good. They are, and you know I thought this would be the year that they'd take a little bit of a step back because they've been to back to back great cups. They lost to both, <laughs> and uh, they had some personnel changes and. Instead, this team has used, I assume, used that as motivation in the offseason to, to, to get even more done. And uh, they look like they're on a mission. Um, I'm sure they just want to steamroll through everybody if they can in the in the regular season. I'm sure the carrot of an undefeated season is there now because I think they want 7-0 and now. And uh, they, they look just spectacular. So I, I think they'll stub their toe along the way. There's a pretty good teams out there. And you know, I don't see this Calgary team being as good as some of the teams that we've seen in the past in the CFL, but they're a really good football team. So uh, they may flirt with it, but, you know, winning 18 in a row in football is just asking a heck of a lot. So I don't know if they'll be able to do that. Uh, we're talking to Mike Hogan, the voice of the Toronto Argos. Uh, Mike, uh, the other big story, obviously, uh, in the in the CFL this week was uh, the debut performance of Johnny Menzel with the with the Montreal Alouettes. Um, you know, it did it did make. I'll, I'll be quite frank with you. It it made me tune in. Sure. Uh, I wanted to see how he was going to do. 
Uh, and there, there's so many aspects of this story. Uh, I mean, it's a football story. It's a human interest story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there's that part of the human spirit that wants to see him do well. Hopefully he's, you know, changed his attitude, changed some of his practices. Uh, hopefully he's made a commitment to football and put some of his demons behind him. That's yeah. As human beings, that's what we're all, all hoping for. But he's got star power. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't the greatest debut performance, to be quite frank. Uh, I'll just kick it off this way, uh, and I know these might be delicate uh, questions uh, <laughs> for you, so I'll let you decide how you want to answer them. My assessment was that the Montreal Alouettes rushed them, and I know I know you have to be careful in terms of criticism of another CFL team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got the sense that uh, they need uh, that they they rushed him into a position that perhaps he wasn't ready for, uh, but I did see, I did did see some things out there from Johnny that bode well for the future. I mean, he, his his feet still seem to be pretty quick out there. Uh, as soon as he makes some better decisions, but your reaction to the Johnny Menzel uh, debut performance with the Alouettes? Oh, it was very good. I mean, you, you know, you throw four interceptions and a half, you're not having a very good day. Three of them were on him. One was on a receiver not being able to catch the running back, I guess, not being able to catch the football. Uh, you're right. I, it's it's almost impossible to, to, to see what Manziel's all about after, I think it was, what, nine days, eight days as a member of the Alouettes. Quarterback is the most it's the most difficult position to play in sports because of the, the, the mental preparedness, because you've got a playbook to memorize. You've got to memorize, uh, you know, every position on the field. You've got to be able to find out what the defense is doing at the snap of the ball. Um, he's never played in the Canadian Football League. There's another guy on the field that he's got to try and figure out. Uh, the the width of the field obviously can be problematic, and it's just I, I he really did have a chance. I mean, I understand why they did it. I'm sure they reduced the amount of plays that they were going to call. But it was a no-win situation. I, t- I talked to a, a player, Ryan Bomben, from the now with the Argonauts. He was traded the same day uh, that they announced Mansell would be the starter. He, he didn't play last week, just not because of ability. Um, he just didn't understand all the terminology because every team has a different um, you know language that they use with associated with plays. So Mansell not only had to learn the playbook, he had to learn the language. Um, it's it's asking a lot. Um, I, I'm with you. I just hope the guy's got his life together first and foremost. And if he's dedicated to football, he's got all the skill in the world and could be a big star in this league. I, I hope that's the case because, as you mentioned, he's got star power. People um, you know, in Montreal were buying jerseys left, right, and center the same way they did in Hamilton when he signed there. Um, he could bring new eyes onto the Canadian Football League, and I know that was the case. Just reading some of the social media uh, input on on Twitter, especially on Thursday night when the game was, and or, or Friday night rather when the game was, he could be a big star up here. But he's got some work to do. He's not playing against 19-year-old and 20-year-old college kids anymore. The CFL is a lot better than most people give it credit for, and I think Manzel found that out for real on Friday night. Okay, I remember Manzel uh, dominating Bama and the, the, <laughs> the few times that. Uh, that they played against each other. As a matter of fact, he destroyed my heart one night when he bounced one ball off one guy's head and the guy ran in for about 80 yards. But anyways, <laughs> how long do you think it's going to take him? Uh, he looks like, with, with all the the, uh, the hoopla that's coming in, he's probably going to be the, the, the next Doug Flutie, smallish, uh, very much uh, 
eluding the defensive lineman, and I'm not sure if he's got a great arm or not. Um, oh, he does. But, he's, uh, he's got a con. How yeah. long do you think it's going to take him to adjust, and will he adjust to uh, Doug Flutie's status? Could be a full season. I mean, it, 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 Doug Flutie was not great in his first year in the Canadian Football League. He showed a lot of signs of greatness. He made some spectacular plays, but he threw a lot of interceptions. I mean, it's it, it's it's a different game up here. Um, the speed is different. The play clock is different. A lot of guys can't get used to that. Uh, I've talked to, to quarterbacks who've come up here after playing in the NFL, and down there it's a 40-second clock to, to get the playoff. Up here it's 20 seconds. Um, it's it's quick. And some quarterbacks just can't get adjusted to the pace of the game. So he's got so much to learn, and the problem is he's doing it under the microscope not only of Montreal fans, not only of CFL fans, but the United States as well. I mean, you know, he was up here for a preseason game, and I'm sitting next to not only NFL scouts who are going to be here anyway, but, you know, USA Today and Sports Illustrated are in the house. They wanted to see what was going on, and that's not going to happen for a normal CFL game. So there's a lot of pressure on this guy, and, you know, he said all the right things after the game, but, boy, he's got so much to learn. I'd like to see what Johnny Manziel's like a year from today as opposed to today because – He's not very good right now. He, he could be a spectacular player in this league, but he's got some learning to do. And when, when did the Argos play uh, Montreal next at home? Oh, oh boy. Um, it's coming up. They've got BC next. It's funny because it, you get that cliche of one game at a time, and uh, I always used to laugh at that until you kind of get thrown in the middle of it. I know it's I'll, – I'll just check here for you in a second, but uh, I know they've got, BC, they've got a bye week this week, and then they've got the BC Lions. And, boy, top of my head, I don't know when Montreal's in town. Well, that's the game we're coming to. <laughs> oh, good. Awesome. Yeah, we're, uh, we, you know, we promised you last week we're going we're gonna to come down to some Argo games. And, uh, you, 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 uh, you know, we get a couple of more like the one that we had this week. Uh, you, we might, you might see us as regulars down there. But certainly we're going to, we certainly want, you know, want to watch the Manziel play and perhaps some others. And uh, hopefully we'll see the Argos in the playoffs. And uh, keeping our fingers crossed, you never know. They may make it back to the Great Cup. We're certainly going to keep an eye on that, and we'll stay in touch with you, Mike, and we appreciate your time this morning. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. Mike Hogan, the voice of the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, yeah, Manziel, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Naz, I, I, uh, I, uh, I, called, uh, I called Joe Theismann yesterday on the phone, and I was chatting with him, and Joe... Uh, uh, Joe Theisen was tweeting up a storm uh, Friday night. He actually was watching the uh, the Montreal what game because he was interested in how Manziel was going to do. And uh, he tweeted like about four or five times. And uh, I chatted with, with Joe yesterday. Uh, uh, couldn't make it on. He promised us he'd come on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and he, basically the thrust of his conversation was uh, because he's been through it. Uh, you know, being a CFL quarterback and being an NFL quarterback are two different things. Uh, it's a totally, uh, I wouldn't say completely different game, but the game unfolds completely differently on the field. Um, and he also made the point people don't realize uh, that there's some pretty, some pretty damn good athletes that play in the CFL, and it's good football. Uh, these are, you know, it's, it's not the NFL, let's be fair. But it's certainly a significant notch above American college football. It's a professional league, 
played in a different way. And he said he just he didn't think it was. I don't think he used the word unfair, but it says let's let's be fair in our criticism toward Johnny Menzel. He was put in an extremely extremely difficult position uh, as an ath- as a former athlete. Lou, how do you react to uh, what 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 Johnny had to deal with Friday night? Well, you you got to remember you got you got to you've got to look at uh, Manziel's uh, mind temperament. He's he was you know he was a star wherever he went, uh, highly recruited at uh, at A and M. Um, first round pick of the Cleveland Browns, expecting them to. Matter of fact, I think he was rated in the top five or ten players in that draft that year, and went down to twenty or twenty one to Cleveland and. And expect to go to Cleveland and carry that franchise out of the doldrums because they had, I think they've had 17 quarterbacks in the last 16 years. Uh, so there was there was a lot of uh, things that were happening, and obviously the, the crowd that he was hanging out with, uh, the, the type of person that he got away with uh, at the college level because of who he was, and now all of a sudden now you're you're getting paid. You're, you're, you're not the star anymore, but you are getting paid millions of dollars and if you don't know how to handle that and if you don't know how to handle the media and if you don't know how to handle the social media that, that comes with being a professional paid athlete uh, i think if, if you're not strong between the ears you're gonna have a t- tough time with it well, uh, that's let, what's happened let me throw it out to you two guys because you're big uh, alabama crimson tide and uh, you you've uh, obviously uh uh had the opportunity to watch Johnny Menzel when he was a when he was an Aggie at Texas A and M in those games against Alabama, um, and you look back on what he your uh, your assessment of Johnny Menzel when he played uh, w- played with uh, Texas A and M and U.S. won the Heisman Trophy if I'm not mistaken as a freshman, um, talent wise. Based on what you saw when he played against Bama, when other games in college, how does his how does his talent level match up with what's uh, what's necessary to be successful in the in the CFL, guys? I, I think he's got the the perfect uh, amount of talent to, to be very successful because it's a wider wider field, uh, scat back quarterbacks, if I the way I like to call them, uh, people that are or quarterbacks that are. Uh, mobile on their feet, not just have a, a gun for an arm, uh, are very successful. You look at Warren Moon, you look at Flutie, you look at uh, even Garcia and Dickinson and quarterbacks, even Russ Jackson going back to the late 60s. If you're not mobile and you're going to stay in the pocket, you're going to get, uh, or if you're not, yeah, and you're going to stay in the pocket, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. you you got to be mobile and you got to uh, have the quick feet to get yourself out of trouble. There's definitely talent there for sure, and Texas A&M when they played uh, Alabama always gave them a run and beat them a couple of times. Right? Well, they, they they beat them once right now. Well, Come on now, they beat them once, and then the next year uh, Saban had uh, the proper game plan, and he really didn't do anything to him. Yeah, so, I, I I think he's very talented, and he'll end up making it if he stays on the uh, on the good side of uh, everything, Wally. Since I have you in studio this morning, Lou, really really quickly, we got about. 45 seconds left. Um, Buffalo Sabres, we have a lot of listeners in western New York, have picked up Jeff Skinner. They also drafted Rasmus Dahlin, and they have this good kid, Middlestat, coming in. Uh, Sabres uh, in Sabreland in our western New York uh, listenership, do, uh, uh, is the Jeff Skinner pickup a good move? I, I think it's a great move. Um the thing that, that that I'm worried about the Buffalo Sabers is you know who's going to stop the puck for them, and they've really got a big decision to do with uh, to make with Bennett. He's really had three 
so-so years for a second pick overall. They've got to make up their mind whether, whether they're going to give him a bridge contract or a long one. And then, you know, you, you got to you got to trade him to, to get something on the fence. Right now, they're they're not that good on the back end. Naz, really quickly, last word. Last word. Uh, go Argos, go. <laughs> good enough. Anyways, to our listeners. It's a long weekend. Be safe out there, both on the water and on the roads. Uh, be careful, and we'll be back again next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. At 9 a.m., have a great week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.